Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey you, welcome to the Big Little Business Show and I'm Paul Mumford and there's the lovely Claire Horsley and we're both, we need to apologise, don't we? Heads up and say that we might be a little bit snuffly this morning. Yeah, I'm holding it in. (laughs) So at the time of recording this, it's a Saturday morning, it's a beautiful day outside and we are suffering with hay fever, aren't we? We are, both of us, at the same time, so it could it could be interesting. For me, what the worst bit about hay fever is, is that sneeze that doesn't quite come out. Uh, well, I, everything stops and I stop in my track and um, everyone has to keep quiet whilst I concentrate to actually bring it to uh, fruition. <laughs> Isn't that funny yeah. how when you've got a sneeze brewing, you can't do anything else, can you? No, no, everything stops, everything, everything pauses, everything stops. I say, wait a minute, mummy's busy. Every bodily function ceases to exist. <laughs> That's funny. So every week on this show, we take it in turns to do the interview. One week it's with Claire, and the next week it's me, and this week it's me. So who have we got on this week, Paul? So you know how last week we were talking a little bit about mental health, and we spoke to Emma, and we were talking about stress and how to run a business and stay as stress-free as possible. This week, I thought it'd be quite good to carry on the mental health theme. Uh, So we're talking to Tasha Thor Stratton, who doesn't have a hammer, and she's not part of the Marvel Universe. Uh, but we're talking to her about um, something called the law of attraction. You across this? You've heard of this before? I have heard of this before, yes. Um, really, really looking forward to hearing more about it. Yes, yeah, so it's not an airy fairy thing. It's not a sort of magic weird thing. It's all about how you perceive things in your head and how you stay positive in your own head so you can guarantee your own success. This is the Big Little Business Show. Here we go. I think it's probably fair to say that. I would say probably, what, past three years, you've gone from facing your own mortality to to sort of changing your whole life, really, haven't you? Yeah, exactly that. In 2017, uh, in January, I got a a, a terminal bowel cancer diagnosis, which completely came out of nowhere. I know people always talk about it as coming as a shock, but it really did for us. Um, And then... Thankfully, over the next couple of weeks, that turned into a non-diagnose, a non-terminal diagnosis. So I was able to have an operation and have chemotherapy. So fast forward six months, I was given the all clear in August 2017. Yeah, so it's been a bit of a ride. So those two weeks where you were facing a death sentence, for want of a better expression, how did that change the way you thought? Well, it was it was strange timing, really, because it was only me and my partner had only been together for nine months. So we'd only just met. We'd literally only just moved in our house, our rented house together, literally two months beforehand. And, and at the time, I guess, because my partner and I just met and everything was just brilliant. It was truly the probably the most happiest I'd ever been. And everything was just working out. And then just to have that complete rug taken out from under us was just so unfair um so it was just so so shocking but I had it in my mind that at the time I'd created this disease um which obviously isn't very helpful now to think that but because I thought that I thought right well I've created it and therefore I can uncreate it so instead of thinking about the cancer as um something I had to fight against I wanted to work with it the way that I talked about it was that my cells were confused and they need to be unconfused because that helped me just not separate it from myself because I wanted to be part of my recovery. I've heard, heard lots of stories before from people who have faced death or faced something similar to that and come out the other side. It must change the way you look at your life because you face death. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was only 44 at the time, but just to have it all taken away, 
you know, I was literally planning my funeral. It got to that point, but I made sure that I, we went to an end of life counselor and just kind of made plans, but I would never be doing what I'm doing now with the coaching without that diagnosis. And that sounds ridiculous. I probably would have just been carrying on doing my normal sales job, but not really focusing on myself. So when I found um, NLP, that was really the, the kind of the door opening process to go, right, what do you want from your life? What do you want to do? And how are you going to make it happen? But without that, I'm sure that definitely wouldn't have happened. So it's, it, yeah, it, it does make you really think about what you want, make it happen and just really be grateful for everything that you've got around you and just take every day as it comes and just be, be grateful for that. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but I don't know if this, you know, if this could come back, but it's just put a different spin on, on everything that I do. Um, and it, it, it just makes you realize how, you know, how lucky we are really to have what we've got when we've got it. And you just never know what's around the corner. I mean, let's talk about that lust for life for a second, because that um, lust for life that you've got now uh, and that positive mental attitude not only has a, an impact on what you do for a living and how you've changed your whole life in effect, but also in the day-to-day running of if because you're running a business and you have uh, your family and an extended family from your new partner as well I understand so you've got a busy household in a day-to-day basis how does that uh, have an impact how does your mental attitude have an impact on the way that you run your business so it helps because it's all about your own I think your, my own success in what I feel happy that I've accomplished and there are days in the business where I accomplish a lot I tend to I tend to journal a lot. So I have three things that I definitely want to achieve that day. And actually I I tended in the past to do the letters to the universe kind of thing. So I asked for something to happen and let it come back to me. I think that's really important, but also with the coaching that I do, you obviously make a plan around that, but having, you know, celebrating the small wins is also what it's about. It's not just getting the results financially or achieving you know, certain amount of coverage or likes on all your social media and all that kind of stuff. It's just being happy with what you've done. And I guess for your understanding what NLP is about, it's sort of understanding where your personal success comes from, either if you're going to get it from other people, or if you're just going to be happy and say, actually, I know I've done a good job and the rest will kind of work itself out. And actually, we all know that obviously when we're happy ourselves, then everybody else is happy too, because they... it's a knock-on effect, isn't it? It's going to affect everybody and everything around you. So it's it's just about being happy with your own success, but obviously putting, making it measurable as well so that you can see that you've, you've started somewhere and there's an end point and then there's another end point and then there's another goal. And then actually, if, even if you don't reach that, it doesn't matter. You know, failure is a good thing. And actually I had that conversation today with... Um, my partner's daughter because she'd failed in making a cake and she didn't want to try again I said but there's no such thing as failure it's just a question of feedback just try again and do it differently next time and see what happens and that's an important message that we give to all the kids yeah you're right we've got five of them in the house and never want them to grow up thinking that they can't do something and not be good at it so what try again try a different way in business, I think a lot of people, especially when people are setting up a business for themselves for the first time, they think about the long-term goal and the top of that hill. Um, and once you start 
on that roller coaster of running your own business, and th- that's exactly what it is, then the top of the hill suddenly seems like an awful long way away. I don't think many people stop to look at the grass, for want of a better expression, and, and, and take in the fact, well, actually, look, look at what I've done, and look how, f- look, th- th- let me look down behind me and see how far down the hill I, I-, I was when I started and-, and where I am now. I might not be at the top, but I'm a lot further up than I was when I started. Exactly, and it's that journey, isn't it? And it's just patting yourself on the back. You know, when I work with my clients and they are full of overwhelm, um, you know, for those people who are running their own businesses especially, you know, you never, some of them never feel like they've done a good enough job. And I just say, sit, breathe, give yourself a proverbial pat on the back. Exactly like you just said, look at what you've already done and how far you've come. And actually, I say to them, you've got skills that you can help other people that haven't even started a business yet. And mm. think about what you can do to share what you've done that's worked that's also going to help other people. And it's all of a sudden they then realize that they've come so far because they think, actually, yeah, all these things I've learned, all the things that haven't worked, all the things that have worked, and now I can share them and help other people you know, get to where I am now. Because there is always somebody who is, you know, in timing wise or whatever else in a different place to you. And, you know, it's all about helping each other, isn't it, really? Oh, totally. And there's, I mean, I think the word um, expert is really overused at the moment, especially on social media. Everyone calls themselves an, an expert. And actually, to people who are further down the ladder than you and I are, then to them, we're an expert. But then we've got people who are further up the ladder than us who are our experts. Oh, definitely. And actually, when I worked in TV and I was a lowly runner making teas and coffees for everybody and being paid a pittance, one of the directors said to me, he said, always be nice to everybody that you meet on your way up the ladder because at one point you are going to kind of reach the height of your success but there's also going to be that point when you're going to be coming down. That's so true. That's a, like a big media saying because you know, my background is in media too. And yeah, it's uh, yeah, always be nice to the people on the way up because you never know when you're going to meet them on the way down. Exactly. If you are listening to this podcast right now and you never listen to another episode, I hope you take away the lesson of how having a, a, a positive mental attitude is so vital to your to your success. I mean, every single businessman and woman that's been successful and we'll come on to success in a mix so that's something we need to talk about but um they have this unfaltering belief that they're going to do what they set out to do and i think that's really important isn't it oh yeah i I think i've always been quite determined even my 15 year old described me as being determined the other day and it's it's nice when somebody kind of you know reminds you of that but when i've got an idea of how i want something to be i have a really clear visualization of what that looks like um, and sometimes I'm a little bit, um, I get a little bit frustrated frustrated because it doesn't happen as quickly as I'd like it to. But when I can really see something really clearly in my mind, it always works out. In, and that, that goes for business and emotional relationships and all those kind of other things. But, uh, you know, now I know a little bit and about NLP, I understand that's all about your RAS and, you, and what you get is what you focus on. And when you concentrate on the things that you want to happen, then you manifest more of those things as well. So not only do you get what you want, but you get all those other lovely little bits as well. Yeah, put a pin in that. I want to, I want to come back to that in a minute, actually, because <laughs> that's a really important thing you've picked up. You're starting to touch on the law of attraction, which I want to come on to in a little while. But let's just talk about success for a second, because how do you determine your own success? Is it something that you, uh, you, you focus on internally or you do you look outside to determine whether you're successful or not? I think now because I'm working for myself, it's very internally referenced. 
that as long as I feel like I've done a good job and I've been successful in whatever I've done in the day, I know that at some point, even if I haven't got, you know, those results there and then, I know they will come back to me. And that's a bit karmic. And you're talking about the law of attraction as well. I do believe that what you put in, you will get out at some point, not just for, you know, financial gains, but for helping gains and just for knowing what you do is kind of for the great and good. So success for me is, yeah, it's a lot internal at the moment, but I had some great feedback the other day from um, sharing a, a social media post and I didn't think it had really gone anywhere. And I spoke to a lady, she said, I really felt you were talking to me. And they always say, don't you, when you do social media posts that you should address that person as if you're talking to them. And that was, for me, that was my success of the day. So it could be, you know, the really tiny things or getting, you know, a good contract or another client on board. Yeah, so it's, it's that back to that points in the journey thing again, isn't it? Mm. All right, so let's let's deal with the elephant in the room, the law of attraction, because uh, I know I've spoken to people about the law of attraction before and and the response has been, oh, that's a load of rubbish, that's a load of mm. hogwash. And there are mountains of books on the topic and they all boil down to the simple fact, this is as far as I understand it, that if you think about something, it can happen. You can literally manifest anything in your life from, I don't know, like a car parking space to a house, a Porsche or a boyfriend or anything. So how, how would you explain it? Because I know this is something that you talk about a lot and something I know that you believe in. Um, so if someone asks you how it works, how do you explain it? So I would say, if you don't know what you want, then how is it going to happen? So you've got to ask for it and you've got to believe that it's going to happen and you've got to expect it. And the way that I kind of work this practically is to write the letters to the universe. And there is a way that you can do that and you can Google how you actually write it down. So you literally ask for what you want, give the details, um, put a date on it, put it in an envelope and put it somewhere safe. Oh, so you are physically writing an yeah. actual letter. It's not, Absolutely. it's a real thing. Yeah. And I find that when I write it down, not only am I thinking about it, but the actual physical act of writing it down has a much more powerful impact as well. I don't know why, but I guess that's the whole power of journaling as well, isn't it? It's putting it even more at the forefront of your mind and getting those words out in black and white in front of you has a massive impact. And, and you know, I can only talk from experience in every letter that I've ever, ever always written, the things have come, come for me. But I think with um, the coaching that I do in the NLP, they have described that in the past as literally being um, manifestation on crack because you make a plan to make it happen. So it's kind of fast forwarding that whole, whole process. But what I, like, what I like about the law of attraction is that you can ask for it, but also sit back and let the universe do its job in allowing all those things to come to you. Um, and it's like you're looking for it and you're acting as a radar for, those, for more of those things to come to you is probably the way that I would describe it. So I have this, uh, I guess this is a similar thing, uh, but I have this thing that I do, and I'm not sure I've shared this with many people before, so uh, I might be about to embarrass myself in a huge way, uh, but I don't know whether you remember, you, you, you might be old enough to remember, well, you do remember a show called Kojak, don't you? Yeah. Right, okay, so I have this thing that I do in my head, which is called the Kojak car parking space. Yes. Kojak was this bald police guy. He used to work in, I don't know, Chicago or somewhere. And he used to have this big American car. And uh, whenever he'd pull up outside the police station to go inside, there would always be a parking space right there, right at the door. So this is my thing. When I'm driving somewhere that I know is going to be busy and I know I might struggle to find a parking space, in my head, I think, right, there's going to be a parking space and it's going to be 
right there. Never, I don't, you don't go too mad. I don't think it's going to be right outside the shop, but it's going to be near enough that I don't have to walk miles and stuff. And yep. all the while I'm driving to the parking space, I'm thinking, right, I'm going to get a parking space. It's going to be there. And every time, almost guaranteed, I get a Kojak parking space. <laughs> do you know what? I do the same, but I call it the parking fairy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me then. <laughs> when I drive, then I drive to the high street and it's got you know your free half an hour or whatever i think right okay and at the end of the road hey mrs parking fairy let there be a parking space for me and it's exactly the same concept now i know there are people who are th- listening to this and thinking these two are absolute bonkers <laughs> what what they're off <laughs> with the fairies you're not a parking fairy <laughs> but it the, the reason why we're talking about this and the reason why this is so powerful is because it has um a great impact on the way that you run your business and the way you think about how you how you how you want to run your business and how you want your business to uh, evolve. So, if someone hasn't done this at all and is a little bit of a skeptic, mm-hmm. well, talk me through it. How 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 do people start? Do they try and manifest something small and think bigger, or what, how does it work? Uh, you know, if I was coaching somebody, I'd get them to focus on their RAS and think about the things that they really want to happen and visualize them using their submodalities to describe that. Um, and then I would also suggest also um, writing a letter to the universe as well and literally writing the things down and, you know, separating it in a, you know, you can either make it big picture or smaller picture depending on what they want to, to achieve. So either it's results driven or, you know, if they need to hit a certain target by a certain time of the year or if they want to get more likes or more, more press coverage, then, you know, there's a letter for everything really. Because I think the more you're thinking about it, the more it will, the, the more you'll make it, make it want to happen and more that you'll see it really. Um, so yeah, for me, and if I was coaching somebody, it would be about the RAS and what they're focusing on and teach them, you know, the what, sorry, what, what, do you, what do you mean by the RAS? Explain so what the that RAS is. The RAS is, it stands for the reticular articulating system in your brain. And that's the filter because at any one given moment, I think it's crazy, like two, two million pieces of information come into our minds and our beings. And obviously there's no way in the world that we'd be able to make sense of the world if all those information came into us. So the RAS is the part of the brain that filters out the relevant pieces. So if your RAS isn't focused on, you know, necessarily the good stuff. So, you know, maybe you're focusing on, um, you know, business owners at the moment, maybe they're thinking, oh my goodness, I don't know when, you know, long lockdown's going to end. And then they realize that they're looking at all the death rates and all the government, you know, things and looking at all the things that are going to hinder them and be obstacles, then they will pick up more of that. Whereas if they're thinking, okay, well, now's the time that's going to give me an opportunity to create more content or work on a different area of the business, or maybe I can pivot in a different way and I need to talk to more people, then maybe they'll look at networking and other things that will come to them to help them. So that's why the RAS and the importance of where it's focused is so important because it it affects everything, the mood and the behavior of how you're thinking. It, it happens in a positive way and a negative way too, I guess, doesn't it? So if you think about negative things, then you're going to attract more negative things and vice versa. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're basically, when you're thinking about the positive things, you're training your brain to pick up more of the positive things. So you're getting rid of all those obstacles um, and making way for more of the good stuff to come in. 
So you said about uh, writing yourself a letter or writing the universe a letter for whatever you want, uh, which is a great tactic. So let's have a couple of, you've got another couple of ideas that people can employ to help them think more positively and sort of get through this bump in the road. Yeah, so it's important to understand what you can control so that you avoid overwhelm, I think is really, really important for business owners at the moment, because otherwise we could be flapping around, you know, worrying about the things that might happen and then therefore you're just wasting time and energy in that rather than thinking about, okay, well, so the things I can control at the moment are my own safety and well-being and self-care. So what do I need to do every day to make me feel good? Um, not spending too much time on the news um, and looking at what you really need as a person and a business rather than being influenced by all these external factors that you can't control. I think that's really important. There's a great um, control circle that I share on some of my sites. So that's really interesting. Um, and for business owners, I guess it's all about connecting with the team and making sure that those relationships are still strong, uh, obviously depending on how, how big or small the business is, but it's just understanding that this is a, a, a blip in the ocean of um, the great sense of time of what we're all in together. I think that's a good way of looking at it. And when you think back to the beginning of the uh, chat that we just had and think back to you know, what you've been through, then compared to that on a personal level, then this is just literally a bump in the road, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you're a business and you're not on your own, you're not on island, there are lots of other people out there who are in the same boat, but it's how you deal with it that's going to change your daily experience of what you're going through but also how your business you know achieves and is successful throughout it but are you know just keep asking for help there is help out there and there are people out there who are willing to help you you just got to put the feelers out got to write a letter <laughs> Getting, yeah write the letter go on to networking sessions you know especially with networking these days um, it's nationwide, isn't it? You don't just have to go in the car and spend, you know, half an hour or two hours in the car getting somewhere. You can dial in and be some, be, you know, in Nottingham in 10 seconds on a Zoom. So it's limitless. And I, I love the way that networking has opened, you know, my business up. And I've met so many interesting people. And, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to be working collaboratively with lots of different people that I've met in the last three months. There's no way in the world I would have met them face to face. Although we all knew that this technology was out there before the world suddenly changed. Now we're like three months down the line at, at the time of recording this. Uh, we've, we're coming sort of out the other side of lockdown now. And suddenly the world has become a much smaller place. Uh, when you start realizing that actually you can connect with anyone in the world, have a face-to-face -face conversation with them, do business with them, it really opens up the uh, the realms of possibilities in a very big way. Definitely. I think one of the things that I've learned is not to judge a book by its cover when you're looking at somebody's LinkedIn profile. And if somebody wants to connect with me, I might have initially thought, oh, well, I don't, we don't really have a lot in common but I'll still have the call. And actually they've been the most valuable calls that I've had because it's only when you get to have, you know, a decent amount of time with somebody that you can really understand what they're about and what they do. So I'm a firm believer that actually people come to you at the right time and place as well. 
We always finish our podcast with a set of questions uh, inspired by a programme that I used to watch called Inside the Actors Studio. I don't know whether you've seen it. Oh, I haven't, no. It was an American institution. It was hosted by a guy called James Lipton, who's sadly no longer with us. And it would always take place in a lecture theatre in a university in front of a bunch of students, uh, acting students. And anyone who's anyone was on this show. And I'm sure there are still episodes available on YouTube or something. But anyway, at the end of every show... James Lipton would always finish the interview with the same 10 questions. Uh, and I've just cherry-picked out some of my favourites. Uh, so we're going to do a few of those to finish off because I think it's just quite fun to do and it helps us understand what goes on in your head. OK. Question number one, what's your favourite smell? Oh, it's got to be cooked warm bread. <laughs> do you make your own? I don't, but my uncle does. And Whenever we go around to his house, it's the best smell ever. And uh, I've when I was younger, I used to stay the night. And when we used to wake up in the morning and, uh, you know, the, obviously the warm air rises and having this amazing smell of freshly cooked bread that you know is going to be dished up for breakfast was just it, the memory and that trigger of what that experience is like is awesome. They often say, don't they, that if you're trying to sell your house, then you should bake some bread or put some fresh coffee on. Yeah, definitely. I know you've met the odd famous person, but who's the most famous person you've ever met in your, in your eyes? <sighs> It's got to be Sooty. <laughs> oh, now that's awesome. I love puppets. I love puppets. I love that answer. <laughs> I worked on an audience with Sooty when I was working in TV. So that's probably um, that's probably one of my most memorable. But actually, the most famous was when I was working on The Big Breakfast. Um, and I was in the house with Gabby Roslin and James Brown was there. And he sung I Feel Good. Oh. <gasps> a pinnacle of my career that was awesome and he was a really really nice guy which is quite unusual for that kind of high level celebrity oh that's nice that's refreshing to hear because i've heard lots of things to the contrary of that so it's wow. nice for someone to say that he was a lovely man yeah he was yeah he was really polite that's a good that's a real good one james brown that's going to take some beating okay last question if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates well there is a bit of a food thing going on here so i definitely think they'd be saying what would you like to eat <laughs> <laughs> and what would you have oh so oh well, do you know what i was i was thinking about this earlier because i grew up in north london so all my friends were from all around the world. Um, so I had Japanese neighbours. I had uh, an Italian friend, Jewish friends. So when I used to go back to their houses after school, I was just inundated with all this amazing food. So I think it would definitely be something from the, the Greek and Turkish theme, probably something like um, it's called macaroni de forno, which is macaroni cooked in the oven. And my friend's mum used to do an amazing one. And whenever I go to a restaurant now to have it, it's just not the same. That's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you ever so much. Some really interesting stuff there. Now, before we go, give us a little plug. Where can people come and find you? I run a company called Let's Make Time. So you can find me on Facebook. And my website is www.letsmaketime.co.uk. This is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. Yeah, that was really interesting, Paul, to hear about the power of the law of attraction and, and how when we focus on something and we visualise where it is that we want to be, how that actually can come to fruition. Yeah, and she's had a lot of things going on in her life that uh, would make her, could make her feel fairly negative about the world and about her outcome and about her future. But she's completely the opposite of that. And even through her cancer 
which was really interesting. She was like, no, I'm going to beat this. This is not going to beat me. Even though she had a life sentence, mm. she wasn't lying down on that. She wasn't going to let that happen. No, um, which is, it just goes to show how when you're presented with situations in life and the most scariest of them, which I believe, you know, that one obviously was right up there with those, um, and how you can turn that around and how you can look at things in a slightly different way. Did you get the whole Kojak thing or was that lost on you? Because I know you're a little bit younger than me. I don't know who Kojak is. Um, I must admit. So please do explain because I thought that Kojak was a camera film. <laughs> That's Kodak. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Kojak was a was played by a guy called Telly Savalas. He was a TV cop. You obviously you've heard of Starsky and Hutch, right? I have. So this is around the same sort of time as Starsky and Hutch. Kojak was a bald American cop. Uh, I think he was based in New York. And uh, yeah, it was a huge TV show in America and, and over here. It was like staple viewing. Okay, I, I will have to Google it. So every week we like to finish off the podcast by picking up a company we've been talking with on social media. And if you want to connect with us on social media, by the way, we're at facebook.com slash big little business show or at big little business show on Instagram this week. Claire, who are we shouting out to? I would like to give a shout out to Maria Antonio. So Maria Antonio is the founder of Chocolate Moments. You've got my attention. I know, I thought I would. So Chocolate Moments uh, basically produce chocolate for all sorts of occasions, um, but also including corporate companies um, and businesses. So they produce branded chocolate, which is completely bespoke. Oh, fantastic. With like people's logos on and stuff. Yes, exactly. So uh, yeah, they've produced all sorts. So completely bespoke types of chocolate, uh, you know, the graphics, the pictures. Um, and I just think also as well, it's a fantastic way to acknowledge your, your clients and a way to say thank you. What's the website again? I'm looking it up right now. The website is chocolate-mobile.com. Moments.co.uk. Oh, this her stuff looks fantastic. Look at oh wow, look at those brownies. I know. Wow, amazing, uh, I'm amazing. really I'm looking at I'm hovering my mouse over that order now button. <laughs> it's amazing, huh? Chocolate-moments.co.uk slash brownies. Go and have a look at that. Mm-hmm. Oh, love that. If you want to shout out, don't forget to come and find us on uh, Instagram or Facebook. Facebook.com slash Big Little Business Show or Instagram. We're at Big Little Business Show. Voiceover Man's going to be here in a little while to give you more information about how you can find us, about sharing our stuff, about uh, commenting on our podcast, letting us know what you think. Write us a review because that would be fantastic. And also, um, don't forget to subscribe as well so you get all the future episodes. And that's it. We're done. Say goodbye, Claire. Bye. You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. The Big Little Business Show is a PM2 Media and Excel networking production. Should we have a sniff? Okay, done. Right, let's go. Don't put that in. You know that crossed my mind, right? (laughs) I know. I just, as soon as I did it, I thought he's thinking, I wonder how that would sound. Stop it.